do you do? Welcome to The Private Citizen, your weekly data privacy podcast. My name is Fab and I am reporting from Hamburg, Germany. I almost said live there, but I'm, I'm well, it's kind of live for me, but not for you. <laughs> uh, nice that you're here. Um, it is the, the second show this week. Um, don't, don't expect that going forward. I'm not looking to make a habit out of it. Uh, but I'm leaving on a bit of a holiday soon and I wanted to give you some some content uh, so that you don't feel left out if I don't release a show next week. Today we have gathered here together to talk about TLS, Transport Layer Security, and its implications about privacy and some misunderstandings that arise from that. I had picked up this topic because I had some feedback about this as I talked about on the last show and then I thought about this more and more and I, you know last show I'd said I'm gonna do a show about this sooner or later and you know the next day or something I was I was still thinking about this and I was like uh, why not do it now I need like a topic for this show and uh, yeah, so I decided uh, let's do that. Um, let's let's talk about that now. Let's get it out of the way. And um, yeah, with that, uh, why don't we why don't we do that? Why don't we get right into uh, the topic at hand? Now, before we before we discuss all of this, I would just like to um, to say to say a few things. Um, so what I'm what I'm going to what I'm going to explain here is is probably going to be a, a bit controversial and I would like you to listen to the whole podcast and listen to my whole argument before you react. I'm completely you know I, I as I as I always say I love people who give me feedback. I think that is great. I need more of that. Um but I would like you to listen to the whole show before you do that. And at the end of the show, I will give you the details. Of course, everything is on privatecitizen.press. Um, the whole show notes for this episode, which are pretty long, um, are on there as well. Um, but, you know, just, just hear me out. Because, I, you know, these days, many people just, like, read headlines. Or they read a bit of a story. Or they listen to a bit of a podcast. And then they get all emotional. And they, they react. And they yell. And... I would like to have a constructive discussion. I think I think for that we need to you know have an to have an intelligent argument. We need to kind of take a bit of the emotion out and also hear each other out. Because I'm I'm saying this because I have discussed this topic in the past with people and I always get this reaction. Oh no! Oh, you're not using TLS. That's wrong. Blah 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 blah. And then I some you know. For some of these people, we get into a discussion and I get to actually talk with them. And at the end, they're like, well, actually, I can see your point there. Sometimes it's like, I might not agree with you, but I can see your point. And I think we'll all be better off if we if we do that from the beginning. If we just hear each other's arguments and try to think about them a bit and, and, and then react to them. And that also has like the nice effect that it leaves the, you know, that that overly emotional if you if you um if you kind of ignore that response if you put that if you put it off if you actually think about something that that emotion will go away a little bit many times and then you we can have a better discussion and um especially like with this topic i i'm, I'm saying this because it's it's this is everywhere there's hyperbole and name calling and you know i have a link in the show notes of a security uh respected security researcher who talks about this and like talks about https and why we have to have https everywhere and and then calls the people who who might disagree with that https anti-vaxxers which is idiotic that is dumb like if if you understand both topics if you understand https or tls um and you understand vaccination. <laughs> if you understand both topics, it's a, a headline like that just makes you look dumb. It's just like that's, that's just a stupid analogy for this kind of thing. Um, and 
let's let's not do that let's 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 react these knee-jerk automatic emotional reactions and you know hear me out is what i'm saying um so i thought i'd first start out with explaining because you know i'm aiming this show uh, at people who might who might be interested in this topic because i think you know privacy in the digital world is something that um affects us all because we all much of our life is now on digital on devices on the internet and there might be some people who are not as technical and have no idea what tls is so i thought at first i'm going to explain a little bit what tls is so tls transport layer security sometimes also also referred to as ssl um, because that was a protocol that is now deprecated that did the same thing basically and like a they renamed it to TLS at some point, and many people still call it SSL, or it's also referred to HTTPS, which is, um, I don't even know, it's, I guess that's a protocol as well on a different level. It's basically, you know, what you see. many people call it that because that's what you see in your browser, right? You can see if a website is served over HTTP, colon, slash, slash, or HTTPS, colon, slash, slash. And HTTPS means TLS. So throughout the show, I'm probably going to call it TLS most of the time, but we'll also use the term HTTPS probably. And HTTPS or no, or TLS is a protocol, see, I'm already mixing it up, uh, is a protocol that is designed to encrypt traffic. Um, traffic between your web browser, so the software you use to go on the internet, and the server you're pulling data from. And um, I have some Earl Grey, by the way, so... Um, in case you have a beverage while you listening to the cheers. Um, so this is basically going on the internet, right? You have a browser, you contact the server, and normally back in the day, this traffic would all be unencrypted. Now, TLS, you know, you, you, you punching HTTPS colon slash slash some, some URL in your browser or just some URL and being direct redirected to HTTPS, some URL, um, will will encrypt this connection, and that has several goals. The most important of them are three goals. So the first one is uh, the first goal is to make it impossible for for anybody aside from you and the guy running the server you're connecting to. Uh, to have access to the data you're exchanging with that server. That's often called encryption. You're encrypting the content of that connection. Um, the other purpose is to ensure um, that the data that is exchanged between you and the server cannot be changed by anybody else. This is also co often called message integrity. And this itself has nothing to do with encryption. It's just another benefit of of this encryption and the algorithms used. So you can be sure that data that is transmitted over an HTTPS, HTTPS encryption has not been manipulated by some guy, you know, we call this a man in the middle attack, by a man in the middle of the connection, some server, or somebody who inserted themselves into your connection, let's say, uh, who has intercepted your connection in an open Wi-Fi network. And if you do not use TLS, uh, you're not secure against that somebody can just change things so you could go to the private citizen dot press and get not the text that i've put on the website but something else uh, including somebody could send you malware like that. and then there's this third uh, goal of tls which is um to provide you with i would say reasonable confidence um that nobody like that you are still talking to that server so you're connecting to a server and as long as that tls connection is there it kind of makes sure that nobody like redirects your traffic to another server or something like that or you know the this is, is against is this is again protection against men in the middle attacks they you know it's kind of also sometimes called authentication because it kind of authenticates the, the server uh, itself and in the olden days or like the system is designed that, you know, there's certificates at work and there's like a certificate authority. So if you connect to a, uh, let's take, I don't know, to CNN.com, let's say, um, then the certificate authority that issued that certificate 
that CNN.com uses for your HTTPS connection, um, kind of the certificate authority guarantees that the server belongs to CNN and that CNN has, that they have issued this certificate to CNN and not some shady guy in Russia somewhere. Let's use the Russian, the ever-present Russian hackers as an example. Um, now, this has changed somewhat these days because just of the way that certificates are issued these days. But we'll get into that at the end of the show. So with with TLS in place, um, you enjoy a number of privacy and security benefits when connecting to a web server. And these are not available over just an ordinary HTTP connection. Um, this is, of course, most interesting for dynamic websites where... Uh, let's say let's say a website where you log in or like a forum or you know a messaging system uh, or twitter or something like this where you where you send data to the server um especially if you're sending login credentials like passwords and stuff like that or confidential messages it makes sure that nobody on the way can read those um and without tls your login information for example could be intercepted by somebody um so you know Back, back way back in the day before Facebook, for example, wasn't enforcing um, HTTPS connections. People just connected with HTTP unencrypted. If you're in an open Wi-Fi network, somebody is sitting there were like actual apps. I mean, you can always do this with like uh, packet sniffing, right? But there were, there were actual apps where like, okay, people could see, oh, this guy's logging into Facebook right now. And then you, you're sniffing their connection. And you have their credentials. You have their password and you can log in as them which is obviously bad. Um, I have a link in the show notes to the Wikipedia article about transport layer security, aka TLS, which explains um, much more of this. Now, this whole TLS was for, around for ages, but the, the whole push of like basically trying to get every website on the internet to be available over HTTPS started with the Snowden revelations, because... Snowden kind of taught us that intelligence services, especially in his case, the NSA, uh, but we assume everybody else um, are recording, are and were recording data on the internet. Just data that is flowing on the internet. They're just en masse, you know, gobbling that up and writing that to, to some hard drives. And anything that, I mean, if it's encrypted, they, they can try to break the encryption, whatever. But if it's not encrypted, they just have access to all that data. Almost. They just get all the unencrypted data on the internet. We have to assume that the NSA somehow, by being present at certain network interchanges and having hardware and access, that they can basically see all the unencrypted traffic on the internet. And they can index that, they can search that, and they can use that information for all kinds of nefarious purposes. Therefore, it's a good idea to encrypt as much web traffic as possible. And I, of course, I do believe that. that. That is a good idea. But what I'm trying to do with this episode is also explain that TLS is not some kind of magic bullet, especially when it comes to privacy, but also when it comes to security um, issues. And there are sadly a lot of misunderstandings. And like these, I talked about this uh, in the beginning of the show, these blanket statements, because people just read headlines. And they go, everything should be, everything should be TLS. It's more private. It's more secure. Um, so I want to go into some common, common misunderstandings about TLS. And I'm grouping them pretty much into uh, the security aspect and the privacy aspect. Um, and... These are just the things that you that you hear, right? You hear when somebody doesn't have when there's a website, it's not available over HTTPS or HTTPS all the time. You get people yelling at the admins, and I'm I'm I have been at the uh, receiving end of that. And there's always like blanket statements that you hear. You hear TLS is more secure. And TLS is essential for privacy. And I want to go, that's the two things that I want to address. So let's start with the security aspect, because let's get to the privacy uh, aspect, which is more important for sure a bit later. But let's start with the security. So 
it is certainly true that and, and very important that TLS prevents login data from being, you know, spoop, spoop, um, snooped and and read. And basically, you're logging to a web website um, being compromised. That is a very important aspect uh, of of TLS. Um, it also, and this is also important for security, uh, prevents changing of the website. So if you go to private citizen.press and somebody inserts some, him or herself into the connection, they could change the content of the website. So you're requesting the site from the server. Uh, the, 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 the data flows past them and they're changing it on the fly. And you can do this actually on the fly, you know, automatically so fast that people won't notice. And you won't notice. You will get a website that you think is from my server, but somebody's changed the code. And that is possible. My site's currently not served over uh, TLS, so this is a real problem. Um, so somebody could insert, for example, malware. I've, I mean, in this, if you go to the show notes for this episode, there's an MP3 file embedded, uh, you know, linked in, in the thing. And you can push play and play it. And people could send you malware. And if you have a vulnerability on your system, this could potentially own your system or do other nefarious things. And that is definitely a problem. Um, and that is an important thing that HTTPS or TLS um, prevents. Now, it is, however... Um, not the case that you know you often hear tls or you often see like browsers telling you this website is secure or it's unsecure because it uses tls and that is just a blanket wrong statement tls has nothing to do with the security of the website you are getting it has what what tls governs is the security of your connection to that server or that website so you can have a TLS encrypted connection to a very secure website or to an unsecure website. Um, in fact, because Let's Encrypt, which we're going to talk about uh, a bit later, uh, has, has made it possible for scammers and malware writers and people who want to attack you to serve their websites, to serve their malware over TLS. And the problem was that in the beginning, the browsers were basically telling people, you know, green padlock thing, they were telling people this website is secure when it was served over HTTPS. But in fact, it could be a website full of malware. So TLS is there to ensure you that the connection to website is more secure. It has absolutely no bearing on the security of the actual server you're connecting to. And of course, many people misunderstand that because of browsers and the UI um, that that browsers introduced the green padlock and all of that, and now these days the browsers are telling you that you know if you go, uh, you know if if you go if you go to websites that like mine that I are not uh, TLS encrypted, you might get the message this website is unsecure, which is wrong. The connection is unsecure, and there are browsers. For example, I'm I'm using Brave right now, which is a uh, browser based based on Chrome, but it's tr you know it's uh, it 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 is advertised with being privacy focused. I'm, I'm probably going to do an episode on that at some point. Um, I'm basically testing it. I'm not. This is no recommendation for for Brave. I want to be sure about that. But if I go to my website right now, it's just your connection to this website is not secure, and it says says you should not enter any sensitive information on this site. For example, passwords or credit cards. Because it could be stolen by attackers. And that is completely true. That is a correct message. Problem is that for a long time, browsers would say the website is unsecure, whereas the connection is actually unsecure. And um, this is important for people to understand because scammers uh, and hackers, as uh, people would say in the mainstream media, um, will very happily serve you very unsecure websites and malware over a very well-encrypted connection over TLS. Um, but 
let's get to the point that actually concerns us most, privacy. So you often hear TLS is essential for privacy. And it is true um, that, that TLS exists pretty much for privacy reasons. And it is uh, very important. It's an important part of protecting your privacy online. Um, but what I'm going to argue in this episode is that for many, many websites, for many use cases, there are much more important factors that govern, you know, that impact your privacy when using a website. Uh, many more important factors besides from is your connection to that website private? Can can nobody read what, you know, what's transmitted from your, from the server to you and from you back to the server? Um, of course, this security aspect that people can't look in in there and can't see your password is has also impacts privacy because you know if you're using a website where you're logging in and you're putting like confidential information in that credit card data whatever messages private messages um if somebody snoops your login they can access that site and that will completely uh throw your privacy out the window so of course that is an important part and i, I don't want to in any way uh impinge on that I, I think that is very important um but just like with the security argument tls alone doesn't guarantee privacy and there's there's many people who who just read i don't know who have this idea that tls somehow like guaranteeing privacy when using a website um so just as with the security thing we talked about earlier you can have a very well encrypted connection to website and that website then embeds third-party code which leaks all kinds of information about you and this information itself can also be sent over tls encrypted connection so your connection to the server is is secure and the connection from the server or well encrypted and the connection from the from the server to that third party that's sending your data to is also encrypted but that doesn't, you know, that just means nobody else on the internet can see that data. Your data is still being, like, siphoned off uh, just over a secure connection. It's kind of like, you know, scammers sending you malware over a secure connection. And, you know, in many cases, these third parties are, like, the worst privacy offenders on the web. I mean, we're talking Facebook, we're talking Google, we're talking uh, an army of ad networks that belong to Google or, or work very closely with Google. And so you, your website, the website you're going through that is well encrypted and very secure, still invades your privacy heavily over a secure connection. That's the thing I was referring to in the feedback segment, I think on the last episode, where I said, Con congratulations, your privacy is now being invaded over a secure connection. Um, and a good example I found while researching this episode is, of course, I looked into HTTPS and you know, I'm going to talk in a bit about my own website here, the private citizen and, and the implications there. And um, I use a static website. And so one of the things I'd, I'd read back in the day and I revisited for this, for preparing, preparing this episode, it's a blog post by um, Australian uh, security researcher and entrepreneur, uh, Troy Hunt, who is very well respected in the security field. Um, who you might know from uh, Have I Been Pawned, the website, and like his various password password leak services. And um, so he has a blog post that's called Here's Why Your Static Website Needs, needs HTTPS. And, you know, that argues that web this blog post argues that websites such as mine um, should should always use TLS. And in the post, basically, Hunt explains why, and he explains this man in the middle problem that you can, you know, that somebody can basically intercept your connection to my server and then put malware in there, do whatever with that. And that is a good argument. And I'm not going to deny that or argue against that completely, too. Of course, if you go to go to the blog post, uh, Troy Hunt's website is, of course, served over TLS. It's got State, it's got all the state of the art, uh, you know, encryption, security, whatever. You know, he he does this for a living, so his website is like as as good as you can get. But at the same time, that very blog post has eleven tracking scripts embedded on it, 
and we're talking Google, YouTube, uh, DoubleClick, which is a huge ad network owned by Google, Twitter, Discuss, which he uses for comments, I guess, and then also scripts from his own company called Report URI. So he also, you know, he writes a lot about privacy and stuff. But obviously, to be mean here, I would say he doesn't care enough about his reader's privacy to proactively uh, protect it. So while his website is served over HTTPS, over, S- uh, over TSL, and TSL, TLS, <laughs> is, you know, you have a very secure connection. And he has a very secure connection to double click. He's still telling, like, just by visiting that blog post, he's still telling Google and DoubleClick and Twitter that you visited that blog post, which is, in, you know, in privacy terms, if you care about this thing, this, this stuff is pretty worrying. Um, you know, and the fact that everything served over TLS doesn't help you at all. Now, I'm not condemning scripts like this, so my own website, Fab Industries, you know, if I write a blog post... And I embed a Twitter post. It's the same problem. You know, I'm embedding script from Twitter. Um, and if I embed a YouTube video, I actually try to do all of this as privacy conscious as I can. And I use like the, you know, the, the more privacy enhanced version of YouTube's embed and all of that. But still, you know, I'm, I'm doing the same thing that Hunt does on his blog, but st- I'm thinking about it, right? And I and I try to avoid it. And, you know, I've actually thought about just embedding screenshots instead of embedding tweets. But then that's a problem with, like, screen readers and stuff like that. So, But I'm aware of that, and I know that happens. And also, I'm not going around, to, you know, basically extolling the virtues of privacy. Um, although, you know, to, to defend Hunt in this blog post, he talks about, you know, security implications. But, just, just good. but I'm just making this point to show you that You know, it's all a matter of perspective. And I personally think in some cases, it's much more important to not embed tracking scripts, you know, to not have Google fonts in your website. So that's the stuff I think about. Actually, the private citizen, when I first launched it, had, um, so when I, when I, it uses like Hugo, right? I use a static website, uh, static website generator Hugo. I used a theme that existed and I actually adapted it from, from another site I had running before this, and I took I took like the embedded Google fonts out and embedded the fonts in a way that they're on my own server, so I'm not fetching. So when you visit the, the site, it doesn't fetch the Google fonts on the Google servers and then give the Google servers information about you. Because if you're logged into Google and I use Google fonts and you load that site, then Google knows who you are because you're logged into Google. And I think if you're logged into the Chrome browser, you know, it's all these all these problems. And I don't want that. I can just happily have the funds on my server. It's all good. I don't need to use Google servers for this kind of stuff. Uh, but I forgot one font. Like it, there was like a link and it it was fetching um an external. It used it in script uh, to fetch external stuff from Google and presented a p- privacy problem. And I had actually a, a friend of mine listening to the podcast, um, Sent sent me you know like a DM telling me about this and I was like oh shit I forgot that in there and um, so you know I'm not free of you know of of, of stuff like this happening um, can happen to all of us but I'm thinking about these things and I think they're very important and while while my website I'm gonna talk about this in a little bit um, while my website is currently the private citizen uh, private citizen or press currently served over. Um, HTTP unencrypted. I, I want to port it to TLS, and I will. It's just not as easy as people think. I mean, my personal blog, fab.industries, it's like, it was easy to do. It's like this, and I set it up. It's no problem. It took me like half an hour to configure all of it. And that mostly because I have different uh, domains and, you know, all the forwarding, all that stuff. But it's easy to do. Just for this website, I'm going to explain in a second why uh, it's not that easy. Um, so what I'm doing here is I'm not arguing against TLS. I think if you can, um, if you can implement TLS, do it. No questions asked. It's better than not having TLS. I'm just saying sometimes 
there are also more important things to do. Um, you know, sometimes it's just there, there might be reasons why you can't, and people should expect accept that. And also think about other things. Um, you know, you, your website might be TLS encrypted, but you 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 you're doing you're embedding all this shit. Maybe I'm I'm not you know. I'm guessing Troy Hunt needs all of this and has good reasons for this, but still, he's he's doing it, right? And I, I think you should think about these things. That's that's the only thing I'm asking. Now, I've talked a bit about uh, TLS now and what it, was it, what it does and what it doesn't do. If you're very technical and if you want more details on this, I'm going to link a paper uh, in my show notes on privatecitizen.press. It's called The Privacy for TLS 1.1.3 uh, Protocol uh, by several researchers. And it's very in-depth. It's like, what? How long is this? Ooh, 41 pages long. It's, it's a academic paper. And I think it has. It's pretty much the best in-depth, most in-depth thing I could find. I think it, this has all the details in it including math that I don't even come close to understanding. Uh, but just to give you good research, research, need more, need more Earl Grey. Can't talk anymore. What's going on? I'm telling you, I really need a holiday. <laughs> um, yeah. So let's talk about this website. Let's talk about privatecitizen.press and Use that as a case study. Um, so, why is it not served over TLS? It would be pretty simple for me to actually have the actual website. Like, literally, I'm ho I, I'm hosting this at like a hosting company, and I go to the admin panel, and it's literally literally a one click thing um, to to configure it with Let's Encrypt, uh, get certificates, get it all configured. Then I need some more clicks. Uh, you know, if you if you want www.redirected and all that stuff, but like it's you can do it in an hour, half an hour. Um, that's not the problem. I would do that in a heartbeat. The problem is, I use another server, which is like a root server that I administer myself um, with help. But uh, <laughs> you know, especially in the security arena. But um, that I need to do that myself, and that is harder to do. It's also because it's strictly speaking, it's not one server. It's like a think of it as like a little CDN, and there's just some some configuration that needs to be done. It is uh, it is not as easy as people think. People always when they see this, they always say, "Yeah, let's encrypt is so easy." And yes, because you know I write about IT security and privacy. I've written about this for nearly a decade. I know about this stuff. I've researched all of this. I guarantee you that for 95% of people listening to this, I knew b about Let's Encrypt before you did. And I researched it before you did, and I probably wrote a story about it. And there's probably some people listening to this who learned about Let's Encrypt from a story I wrote. <laughs> um, so I know what it is. I know how it works. That, that's not the problem. But Let's Encrypt, it's not like people are saying it's so easy. Yes, it is easy, but it's like with all stuff in IT and, uh, you know, in security... It, it is it is very easy and very quick for 90% or 95% of use cases. And then there's all these other use cases where it's harder to do. Um, so if you search for documentation on Let's Encrypt and you, you go like, if you, if you don't use Apache and you have like a non-standard configuration, right, with domains and all of this stuff, um, the, like your, your documentation decreases from like 5,000 sources you could search up to like three. Um, and I mean, it's getting better all the time, but like for a long time, there was a big problem. It just by only if you ran Nginx. If you ran Nginx, you were running into prop troubles that were like really hard to figure out. And I can figure all of this out. My problem is I'm not a full-time sysadmin. Like some of the people who might listening to this are like technical consultants for like Red Hat and they do this all the time or they're like web admins yes it's your job you're doing this all the time but what I'm doing is I'm, I'm producing I'm writing trying to earn some money I'm producing podcasts for you here that you get for free and 
this is all higher priority for me than doing web admin work. I do the web admin work I have to do for security. That's absolutely essential. Um, but then I try to minimize the other stuff. And so I will do it at some point. So one of the reasons is that I need to change other stuff about the server. Um, like there's some domain things that I need to change that I, I just don't want to like implement TLS now and then have to redo it all again and get all reset all have all the certificates changed because I'm changing the URL pretty soon anyway. So I need I need to do this all in in, in one go and I need some time basically to take some time off my calendar to do it because it's not only a matter of figuring out how you do it then doing it uh, I need to test it. I mean this is a server that serves podcast files and. I mean, I can go, I can log into the server now and like do a tail.f on the access log. And there is clients hitting that server every second. And I want to make sure that this server absolutely, when it, go, when it has to go down for maintenance, it only goes down as long as it's absolutely necessary. Um, and I want it to work. And it has to work all the time. It's not like a block where you're moving a block to TLS and then something breaks with Let's Encrypt and your block is not available for two weeks and nobody even cares. You didn't even know because nobody was telling you because there's only 16 people reading your block. We're not talking about something like this. We need, we're also not talking about like a company, you know, but I want the server to be reliable and be online it's just a bit more complicated than you know just telling somebody up oh, put that block on https why not i'm not saying it's not impossible and i could have done it a long time ago it's just like it's priorities and my first priority is getting content out um yeah so basically i'm working on it i will get it done for the people who are asking why don't you just move the website now and then move that server later that you can thank the browser makers that i'm not doing that because basically if you have a website that's http encrypted and then you're embedding stuff that is that doesn't get surfed over uh you know if you use tls on your website and you're embedding stuff from another server and that is not tls you get punished severely and the punishments by the browsers and by google and by other search engines for that are way worse at least at the moment than not not having um tls at all so that's why i'm not moving um moving that over now i also um want to talk about why uh, talk about the actual use case here because some people are like okay you run a privacy show and that's like the website isn't privacy important but like think about the use case here so i use i use hugo um the so the website private citizen.press is a completely static site um, if you never use the static site generator, this works um, basically like this. I have a structure of folders on my hard drive. And in those folders is like the configuration files. And then there's markdown documents. So they're basically text documents that I edit with a text editor. And then I just push a button. I execute uh, Hugo. And Hugo basically takes all these documents and the folder structure and makes a website out of it. Trans, you know, conf um, not compiles, but, but you know, changes these Markdown files into HTML files, and you know, by the metadata that's and the configuration files, it, it creates a website. And then I can just upload this uh, a folder. I have a folder where it spits all of this out, and I just upload that to web host, and that gets served um, by a web server. Um, it doesn't run, so my website doesn't, it has no PHP on it. Uh, there's no, there's no database. There's no CGI scripts. It is just literally this website is just static HTML files, which is beautiful. I love that. It's, it's, it's more secure than anything. Like there's no WordPress that people can try to hack. I mean, if you look at my access 
locks and you can i mean you can just look try the it's hilarious to me it's all these people trying to execute uh, php scripts and find vulnerabilities on like weird urls and you know there's not even php isn't even running <laughs> like you can't it's just, it's it's beautiful i love it um and i mean there is if there's dynamic stuff i mean not on the pri- i mean my blog for example fab.industries um uses the same system it's it's also uh, done by who it's just a different theme and that even that uses some has some javascript in it i think i'm not even sure if the private citizen has javascript i need to need to check that but basically it should work completely without javascript like i'm so i'm i'm, I'm purposefully not embedding anything any scripts i've got like you know the 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 link to the episode at the top when you load the show notes page that is just like an html tag you know just the media media tag um that the the player controls that you see um are actually rendered by your browser um so i'm 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 actually thinking about this and i'm trying to i'm trying to do this in a privacy conscious way so that is great. So that all of that means that if you connect to my server and over the unencrypted connection pull down the content, the only thing that's happening is data flowing from my server to your browser. Um, the only thing going back is like get requests for pages or like if you click on the MP3 play button, you know your your brother will send packets back and tell my server you know start streaming the audio basically. Um, so there's no confidential information going back from you to that server. I mean, there's not even, I don't even have cookies. Um, there's nothing happening there. So a TLS encryption for that is just useless. I mean, I will put it in at some point because people want it, but it's, it's basically useless. So the only thing that TLS would do here is encrypt the content of the page going from my uh, my server to your browser. But that is a public page. Everything that's on this server is public. Everything. All of that is publicly accessible. There's nothing private going on. And so you could be saying, okay, I don't want people to know what I'm getting from your server. But like the only thing they need, if you have a man in the middle, um, the only thing they need is they need to know that you go to privatecitizen.press. That's the only thing. I only need that URL um, because even if the content was encrypted, I could just go through to the server and pull the content. They would know what you're reading because everything is public. Now, there are security implications. There's definitely the implication that somebody could man in the middle of the connection and change, you know, like Troy Hunt, uh, if you go and read that blog post. Yes, that is a very real danger. But it's also... It's also pretty unlikely. I mean, yes, somebody could do that, but, like, why would, like... Why would... Like, if they want to compromise your system, there's much easier ways. Like... There's much easier ways than doing a man in the middle, right? They'll be like scamming you via email or something, or an instant messaging system or whatever. Um, but even if they have a man in the middle, they would, I don't know. Yes, if if I'm the only non, if if they set up a man in the middle and I'm the only like non, as uh, a TLS encrypted site you go to, yes, then they would probably, you know, if that's the only one they see, then would probably insert stuff into that and you know because of that i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna go to tls at some point but right now it's just that's not a it's a big danger and like with the other thing where like you don't want people to see what you read on the internet that is not what tls is is there to protect you against because in 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 some configurations okay nobody will see like the rest so if you go to go to the show notes for this episode uh private citizen dot press slash episode slash four right um even if that was tls encrypted um nobody will see the slash episode slash four but in many use cases people actually see that you go to private system of press um especially because this is on a, like a shared web host on a virtual server 
um, in many cases, people will see that. But even if you use a, even if everything's configured in a way that people can't see into that either, there's still the DNS problem, right? So you're requesting this page for the first time. Your computer has to go out and and ask the domain name system, like, okay, I want private systems or press. What what is the IP of the actual server? And it needs to do that. And um, you know, that's just a whole slew of different privacy problems. Um, you know, you can prevent that by having encrypted DNS, but that's not deployed for many people it depends on who you're using for a dns provider it has nothing to do with my server it's like all these other privacy implications that i'll probably do an episode on at some point but um it just has nothing to do with uh with with tls if you think tls is there to protect you from other people seeing what you read on the internet don't think that that's not you know that's not the point of of tls if you want that use tor that's what tor was made for um that rhymes wow use tor because that's what tor was made for <laughs> uh yeah use tor um so so some some all of this up i think tls is great it's great technology i think uh, anybody who can use it should use it um and i will do it for my side as soon as humanly possible um but i also think you need to be uh, aware of what tls actually does what problems it solves and what problems it doesn't solve. And now there's a there's a point at the end I want to come to because I definitely think that like blind blindly pressuring people into adopting TLS without trying to understand the position they're coming from is is wrong. And this is exactly what the browser makers are doing. Um the big push um, you know, after the Snowden revelations, the big push of having every website on the planet uh, encrypted, uh, you know, HTTPS everywhere, came from the big browser makers, came from the makers of Firefox and Chrome, and also the Electronic Frontier Foundation, EFF. But, you know, I understand where they're coming from. They're, um, they're kind of... This sounds evil if I say this, and I, I, I support the EFS. I think what they do is great, but they're kind of privacy fundamentalists, right? They're always like, everything should be as private as possible. And they have like extremish, extremish, I don't want to say extremist views, um, which, you know, I, I, I subscribe to a lot of their views, but like, I just think pressuring people, just blankly saying every website on the, I mean, I, I completely agree with saying blank, blankly every website in the world should be HTTPS. But it's different if you're punishing people because they're not doing that. That is what I object against. And I object against this because the browsers who are pushing for this, because they have the biggest levers, so Chrome and Firefox, they are the browsers that give their users warnings if they go to private citizen or press because it's not GLS encrypted. Um, I have a problem with that because Chrome is made by Google and Google is the one of the biggest enemies of privacy on the web. And Mozilla, uh, Firefox is made by Mozilla who are ostensibly these self-proclaimed champions of freedom, blah, 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 blah. But in fact, you know, they're getting most of their money from Google. That's where most of their money comes from, from the search engine deal with Firefox. And they are, their browser is, you turn it on, you open a new tab, you do anything, it sends you to Google, right? So you're logged in or whatever, it, it, it per default gives information about you to Google. And that's why Google is paying them. I mean, they're saying they're paying them because they open web and blah, 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 blah. But, you know, they're paying them because it sends them traffic and traffic, they need traffic, they need to know about you and the stuff you're doing on the internet. So... I have a problem with these people punishing webmasters because, I mean, there might be a completely legitimate reason why people are not going to HTTPS. Uh, there might, there might be in a case with me where it's like a, it's, uh, it's a static website and all of this. And, you know, we talked about the reasons for and against. It might just simply be, uh, for a while there weren't, I mean, the reasons are getting less and less. I give you that. But, you know, for a while there weren't. There wasn't an easy way to get subdomains um, certificates. So you can get wildcard certificates from Let's Encrypt. 
So let's encrypt wasn't a solution for some. I know people who I do. I know people who run servers that have like you know they do subdomains for memes, right? They do lol.mydomain.com, right? And I know people who have servers with like 500 subdomains. <laughs> you want to set up let's encrypt and get a certificate for every every one of these 500 like you know there were just use cases especially for a while where let's encrypt just wasn't a solution meanwhile the browser saying well if you're not even gonna have a certificate you're evil and you were gonna put like red banners on the screen for users and also you know they were just miseducating users because for a long time they were saying the website is, is unsecure when actually the connection wasn't so I just have a big problem with that. I just ob completely object to... I don't object to trying to get m as many websites as possible, you know, served over HTTPS. I object to the way they are pr they are pressuring webmasters and also to the way of, like, their fanboys are basically ye yelling at you and repeating all this, this bull crap. Um you know, without understanding your situation or even understanding what TLS actually is and does. Um, and I just want to say it's, it's, it's really hard to understate how much bigger a threat Google and Google's business model is to the privacy of everyday web users and how much worse that is than if my website gets surfed over TLS or not. And just think about that for a second. That's the thing you should be worrying about if you're worrying about privacy. All the other security reasons and, you know, intercepted connections, man, in the middle, I give you all that. But if we're talking privacy, Google tracking you wherever you go on the web, on your phone, on maps, on every app, and selling that information is much worse than, you know, you pulling stuff from my server over an unencrypted connection. And while we're speaking about Let's Encrypt, and I think, oh God, I need a, need a sorry, need a drink of old gray here for a second. When we're talking about Let's Encrypt, and I think I've never really explained during the show what Let's Encrypt is. So Let's Encrypt is a non-profit. Um, so it used to be like this. When, when, when TLS um, was created, back when it was called SSL, um, if you run a web server, you need a certificate. And there were these certificate authorities, and traditionally you would buy an SSL certificate that would like work for two years or whatever, and then you have to buy, you know, renew it, pay again. And of course, these certificate authorities made money with that. But one of the reasons, one of the reasons that was always given, or that is, you know, in how the system was designed, why you're paying the money is because they were meant to verify your identity. So if you bought uh, a SSL certificate or TLS, if you bought a certificate as an entity, they would check, you know, are you actually accessible, you know, are you at the address you're saying? They would ring you up, right, I, and ask you about your company. And yes, all of that, as the certificates got cheaper, all of that got cut down, and in the end, it was basically pretty much an automatic process. But that was how the system was designed for from the beginning. So at the start, you would have, if you'd gone to CNN.com over HTTPS, you would know that the certificate authority, it was their job to verify that the certificate was actually issued to CNN. Right in, I don't know, where CNN's office in New York. I've got no idea. I'm just saying it's in New York, right? They would make sure they requested that certificate, that it was going to CNN. And that's not some scammer in Ukraine who says that CNN. And I always liked that concept. And what basically Let's Encrypt did is like it's a non-profit organization that basically democratized these certificates and it automated this whole process. So now on my web server, I can, you know, on my Linux distribution, I can install their binary and it will automatically request a certificate from them, get it issued, and it will automatically um, renew those certificates. And that makes it great for very easy 
and of course cheap free for everyone to get uh tls certificates and that is great because we want to encrypt the whole web because that's what snowden taught us and i'm completely down with that that is good that is a good thing for society but this also had a I would argue a negative effect. I mean, okay, this negative effect effect existed before because basically you had cheaper certificate authorities that would skimp on all these tests. In the end, they would just basically check that you owned the domain and then issue your certificate. And that's what Let's Encrypt does as well. They just basically make sure that if I go and I say I want a TLS certificate for privatecitizen.press, that that request is actually coming from that URL. So that I own that server. Um, and that's just the way it is now. Uh, but I feel like Let's Encrypt has... Um, you know, it, it, it's, 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 it's been a part of cheapening TLS certificates because they now, these days, they don't guarantee that the entity that requested it it just basically guarantees that it's the right url and it's the right server and it's it guarantees you that like as when the connection is running that the server as long as it's the same certificate the server hasn't changed that's basically what it guarantees but it doesn't guarantee you that you know so if i have if i if i manage to get control um over microsoft.com and i want to change their tls certificate i could request a tls certificate from microsoft.com from let's encrypt and they would issue me one if i can prove that i have control over the server but it doesn't prove that i'm actually microsoft and there are people arguing yeah that's just the way it went and that's the way it went it was already developing before let's encrypt and let's be true there's all these like you know the stories about the hong kong post office who had their own certificate authorities there were all these shady certificate authorities and there were lots of scandals with certificate authorities i give you all of that the thing i'm the argument i'm making here is like i was always a proponent of at least going in the wrong dire uh, in the right direction going into the direction of making sure that the person that requests the certificate is actually that person and making them accountable for that server. I thought that was a healthy part of TLS. But since we've shifted towards we want all every machine, every device, we want everything to only have TLS connections, this kind of thing is of course not feasible. And I'm I'm a bit I just feel a bit wary and a bit um a bit sad basically that we went in this in 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 this direction but as i said you know i mean that's this i i I liked like extended validation certificates i think that was a great idea even though you know the implementation was flawed and basically uh certificate authorities just use it as a way to extort more money from me uh, (laughs) uh from guys buying certificates but um i thought the idea an idea like that where you're actually verifying the real person who wants to ha- you know have that certificate i thought that was a great idea but obviously we've as a as a culture and as the internet we've completely diverged for that and that's just the way it is um but i just want to talk about this because i thought that was that's all always a thing like everybody makes out that let's encrypt this this amazing thing and it's the best thing for the internet and privacy and security ever and Yes, it it has had a good effect in in some ways or in many ways, um, but it also had like this bad effect. It also buried this notion of actually, uh, you know, verifying people who request certificates and not not just verifying service. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's it for this topic. And now you've listened to the whole thing, and now you can think about it for a bit. And then I'll be happy to have your feedback because I know this is controversial and I know a lot of people will not agree with me and call me slack and dumb and lazy because I haven't migrated my server yet and I'm wasting my time producing podcasts or whatever. Um, But I'm happy to hear from you. So on the website, private citizen.press, 
there in the show notes um or in the bottom of the of every page the contact link in the show notes on the feedback uh there's like uh, contact me which which will link you to my blog fab.industries i think it's fab.industries slash contact if you want to go there over an https connection from the beginning you can do so and um you can yeah, there's ways to contact me on there by email you can contact me on the fediverse or use my encrypted whistleblower contact form and people who have done so and contacted me about a previous episodes of this show are the following. We had Steven, long-time listener of my podcast, um, reminded me of the correct pronunciation of pseudo because I keep saying pseudo with a P and he found that funny because I'm German, a uh, native speaker. Uh, thanks for that, Steven. I'll try to pronounce it correctly from now on, although I can't promise. I've been... So I've been doing podcasts for 13 years now. There's certain things that I've always said wrong. And then I've, I've, I'm trying, I'm trying to get rid of me saying, uh, for 13 years and it, it doesn't work. So you've just going to have to live with some flaws. Also, I like to say, uh, he said, uh, he told me it was pronounced pseudo, but obviously if you're talking the Queen's English, which I'm kind of not in this podcast, you know, otherwise I would have have said a privacy. I, I tend to say privacy, but uh, with the show having a cowboy theme, I just thought that's wrong. That's why I say privacy. Um, but, you know, if you would, would be talking the Queen's English, you would, of course, be saying pseudo. Pseudo with a J in there. Pseudo and a, a glottal stop. Pseudo uh, in the end there. Uh, before the O. Pseudo. Um, yeah. If you, if you want to reference that, I'll put some IPA in the... Uh, in the feedback section. And no, that is not Imperial Pele. Uh, on the Fediverse, speaking about the Fediverse, uh, Sul Dessen uh, sent me a message and said, uh, just listen to the new Private Citizen podcast. I liked it. And the highlight of the surveillance program is uh, the highlight of the surveillance program as well as how users are really affected. So I guess he's referring to the first episode there. Uh, about um, Clearview AI. Um, all that I would love to have added is a small news section to spotlight smaller but noteworthy pieces. And as I told him, I'm currently, I have no plans to do that basically because I think I doubt I can keep up with news on that scale. Um, I, it's not, this is not Linux Outlaws anymore. I'm not a student, got lots of other stuff to do, and I'm already. Uh, you'd be amazed how much work it is to prepare one of these episodes. I mean, if you look at the show notes, I've written them all out by hand. There's nearly no quotes in there. So you'd, you'd have an idea. Like, just do a... I don't know. I can do a count. What, uh, let me see. What is that? So the show notes are almost 3,000 words. Uh, 1,700 over 1,700... No, over 17,000 characters. Um, so yeah, it's, it takes a lot of time to prepare this stuff, and that is just not in the scope of the podcast. If there's any important news, I'm going to do an episode, episode about that. Otherwise, I would like to refer you to... I, I also write a daily a tech news and a policy newsletter, which you can get to by going to fab.industries slash newsletter. That is fabfox.alphabravo.industries.indianovember delta uniform sierra tango romeo india echo sierra uh, fab.industries slash newsletter um, and if you sign up to that you will get a uh, daily well, week during the week you will get a daily email from me and there's always also the most important privacy news i'll try to put in there um, and before I close, I would also like to talk about the fact that um, looking at my server statistics, and this is podcast, so it's really hard to tell how many people are listening. But as 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 far as I can tell, it's about a thousand people who have tuned into this podcast, um, which I think for a show that's pretty much two weeks old, just just shy, just a, just a bit over two weeks, uh, it's pretty good. And I wanted to mention that. I wanted to thank you for that because that is also some kind of feedback. That's a bit like um, implicit feedback, basically. But I wanted to tell you that I also look about that, uh, look at that, and I appreciate it a lot. 
And with that, uh, let's wrap this thing up. And uh, just let's just mention, um, as I said, you can please contact me. Um, details in the show notes. There's also details in there about how you can support me on Patreon. There's a button in the show notes. And please take note that I have not embedded the Patreon script because I'm thinking about these things. I actually took a screenshot of their fucking button and cut it out and pasted it in. So it looks like it's the Patreon script. Uh, but in reality, of course, it is not. Uh, it is just a simple link. Um, and it does not give any information uh, to Patreon unless you click that link. Um, and I would I would very much appreciate that because, you know, as I mentioned before, this is uh, produced on the value for value model. I would like you to, um, if, you, if you think you de derive any value from the show... Um, I ask you to give me some of that value back and just, you know, think about it. Like, how much do you spend for coffee? Uh, that's the, every podcaster says that, right? Uh, or how, how much do you spend for coffee uh, in a month, right? And I have some Patreon levels, but you can also set your own, whatever. You also cannot do it, you know, it's this is completely free, will always be free, but it helps me. It helps me produce the show. It, it helps me... Um, you know, just basically compensates me for the money, uh, for the time, for, compensates me for the money, compensates me for the time I'm spending on this where I'm not earning money with other stuff I'm doing. And um, I definitely put a lot of energy into this show, so I uh, would appreciate that a lot. And um, of course, this show is without any advertisement, and it will always be that way. And you're basically helping uh, making that happen yeah and with 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 that uh, i just want to thank some people uh raul cabezali who wrote the uh, amazing song you hear in the background right now uh, it's called acoustic roots which i use for the show i would like to thank bitemark bitemark.co.uk who provide the hosting for my audio files on the aforementioned server and then speaking of patreon i would like to thank all my patreon backers um who have made this episode possible so thank you to Niall Donegan, Michael Mullen Jensen, Jonathan M. Heavy, Georges Walther, Dave, Kaisius, Matt Jellerman, Fadi Mansour, Joe Pozo, Mark Holland, Steve Hose, Butterbeans, Shelby Kruver, Dave Amrish, Ricky M, and Drive Zero. Thanks to all of you. Thank you for supporting my show. And with that, I'll, I'm going to say goodbye, and I'll leave you... Um, in peace for a bit while I'm on holiday, but uh, be be assured I'll be back. And I'll uh, if if it takes longer than a week, like if it's like two weeks, I'll I'll release two episodes to make up for it. I'll um, yeah. Otherwise, I'll try to keep my prom promise of releasing an episode every Wednesday. Until then, have a good time. You know, uh, I don't know what you're doing. I'm I'm gonna enjoy my holidays and. Uh, until then, stay free, stay private, and don't let the law catch you. <laughs>